Hey everybody, it is Karina uh, from We Should Record This podcast here with Nicole and we are doing talk number six of our 10 talks, the kind of our preview topics for our podcast that we are launching in the fall. So today we are going to spend 10 minutes just kind of taking a skim over a topic uh, that probably could and will be talked about a lot more. Um, we're looking forward to hearing your feedback on this one. We're talking about uh, triggers and boundaries and developing emotional resiliency in our faith reconstruction conversations because so many of us are in this process of kind of moving uh, how we relate to our faith, how our faith works in our life. And there, there can be a lot of bombs that seem to go off in conversations within us and around us. So how can we be sensitive towards others? How can we manage ourselves well? And how can we develop the type of resiliency that will allow us to be in these conversations that aren't just deconstructing, but also moving us and building us towards something that is more whole and more beautiful. So with that, I'm going to give us our 10 minutes and make sure that my timer is turned on. And I'm going to let you take it away first, Nicole. So share with us what comes up for you when you hear boundaries, triggers, emotional resiliency in our faith conversations. One of the things is, and we like beforehand, we were talking about how this can end up being a little bit of a minefield because in our, in our current culture of trying to be aware of, other people's voices and stories and experience and being sensitive to those things. Some of what we might say today might um, seem contrary to that, but it's not. What we really want to talk about is, is in this faith journey that is so personal that we are renovating and we are exploring and excavating, there's a certain amount of responsibility on us to manage those things that rub up against us and, mm -hmm. and uh, make us feel uncomfortable or actually push on spaces and places in our heart that there's been real significant damage and grief from bad theology, church experiences, disappointment, whatever it is. Right. And it doesn't mean that the people in your world can just be all willy nilly and abrasive. It means that when we feel those things, instead of running away from them, maybe it's time to start leaning into those. And maybe we start looking at triggers is not at something that to be avoided at all costs, but something to lean into sometimes with the help of a therapist or a counselor, sometimes leaning in with Holy spirit to ask you, where do you need to expand? Where do you need to grow and heal? And that's one of the things that um, I think for me personally has been a very big monumental task at times, but where I've seen the most personal growth. Yeah. And, being able to recognize that those places that that sort of hurt or make me feel uncomfortable when when they're brought up are actually the places where I get to start healing and reclaiming that space as my own rather than walling it off and avoiding going there. And for me personally, part of my own issue is um, constantly bumping up against the idea of men and women working together in ministry and how right. how women cause men to stumble and we're Jezebel and all of this trash culture that I've grown up in yeah it's made me skittish and I want to run away from anyone who says anything like that right and it makes me feel shame 
and like there is something underlying wrong with me and in like leaning into those feelings and exploring where they come from and where it started and how I can heal I'm reclaiming my space as a woman of faith in ministry working alongside yeah. me so where have you been well I think that you bring up some really good points because there's a difference between a boundary and a trigger um, in that like if, if we're not careful we can we can say I don't like being triggered so my boundary is every time I get triggered I just push yeah. further away and I'm just like well now I can't talk with these people because I, I feel and, and I know trigger is a really hot word right now it can mean all sorts of things everything from you know teenagers my teenagers I'm talking like a get off my lawn person but it's like when those young teens they'll be like oh my gosh the teacher like you know gave me a quiz and I was so triggered it's like that clearly is a different usage than somebody who has been in this like systemic dysfunction and and then has had a lot of personal wounding um so so I understand that that word can mean a lot of different things to people. I think, I think one of the things that can be difficult is when you're in this process, like I know for me, when you're talking about men and women working together in the church, I spent until well into my thirties defending and being a part of the system that essentially oppressed women in, in various roles and in places and, and dismissed opinions and I was like yeah that's that's how it should be and I did that to my own self to the point where I kept removing myself further and further from anywhere where that feeling of leadership or wanting to influence would come up and and anytime that I would get hurt in those conversations I'm like well obviously it's that Jezebel Jezebel spirit in me that's rising up that you know instead of going maybe this is actually Holy Spirit saying you know what your voice is needed here. This, this is not okay. The way that this conversation is going down, like this is not. Um, so I think, I think sometimes there can be that we're in a transition phase where all of a sudden we're aware of how we've maybe even participated in something that has hurt us, that has hurt others. And so shifting positions can be difficult in those in those conversations and then yeah realizing like you want to you want something different you're you're asking for a new way to have a conversation it's sort of like um when you get to a place where deciding who's right and wrong is not your biggest goal but choosing to understand one another and where you're coming from like that's a big shift like in our marriage, Josh and I spent, you know, like, and I think a lot of people do in their early years, you're like, what's the right way? Who's the right person here? Instead of going, we're actually different people, different love languages, different needs, different whatever. And so with different situations, we react differently to. So if we can understand one another, there's sometimes we might accommodate one's preference. And another time it might be for that other person to go, no, when you take out the garbage, you're not telling me I'm a bad person. That feeling that I'm a bad person is for me to actually deal with. Where did that come from? I mean, that's a really kind of a neutral 
example that has nothing to do with men and women in conversation, but it really is the same principle. So I feel like learning how to differentiate between there is no room in this place for a conversation about how the language you use actually diminishes women or I want you to maybe lean into those interpretations that say women shouldn't belong and their voice doesn't belong here and they're, you know, equal but different as, as long as different means they're silent and have no influence, right? Like it's, it is um, in a place where there's no space for that. Maybe you put up boundaries and you're like, I can't be in this conversation because there's actually no room for my voice. Whereas other times we might be in a place where, we're in a really uncomfortable conversation because we're both trying to work something out. And I can't let the fact that someone says something that feels like, oh, like really painful or like that makes me feel all the feelings of all the other times I've been in this situation. I can't let that shut it down. And that actually becomes an opportunity for me to do soul searching, growth work, discovering why that kind of comes up in me because my my triggers can be my teachers if I let them and it doesn't mean I have to stay in every situation but I think it's a good posture to put ourselves in and I think this is where we learn about and explore the idea of spiritual maturity and shift our paradigm because the context I grew up in spiritual maturity meant that you had a very defined solid right and wrong black and white view of your faith and right. you were immovable and you were like I am right. And I, exactly. And that yeah. meant that you had arrived and you were spiritually mature, but what if we shift that paradigm? And what if now we start talking about maybe our spiritual maturity means that we are resilient enough to enter a space where there are some unknowns and maybe some disagreement and some things that um, we can't reconcile amongst each other. What if it means that we're spiritually mature enough to lean in and have that conversation? And we were talking about how Pete Ann's posted an article, mm -hmm. um, uh, last week sometime about yep. this idea of spiritual maturity. And I think mm -hmm. that that's, you know, what we're asking for here and what we're inviting people into is maturing to the point that you can take care of yourself without walling yourself off from potential areas of growth and flourishing. Mm -hmm. Cause what if that thing that is tripping you up and is that trigger is actually the thing you're meant to give voice to and yeah. to have in and move towards instead of, shying away from all of those painful things what if you do the work internally and personally maybe with a counselor or a pastor or a friend but you take care of that so that when those triggers come up you can speak life into a place that was death for you before right because we are resurrection people right so when something happens in us that feels like death i think we need to remember those are not actual death sentences they're place they're places where the miraculous work of God can happen. And, and the very thing that was meant to kill us, to, to silence us, can actually become a place of life and, and a place of forward movement and a place of, you know, often I, I've found in my own life places where we feel the most wounded when we lean into a healing process. Um, uh, we will find that, the timer will run out and we can't talk about it anymore. So, ah, um, there you go. That is 10 minutes on that topic. Clearly there's a lot more. 
we would love again to hear from you, whether you send that in a private message or just commenting below, whether it's on YouTube, on the videos there, on our Facebook Live that we will upload this to, or on our Instagram account, all under the We Should Record This handle. You can kind of find us all over the place. So, um, and we're getting close to the end of these 10 talks. We've got only four more to go, I guess. Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yes, four more to go. So I hope you enjoyed this. We look forward to hearing from you and we will see you next week. For sure. Next week, we're going to talk about how to stay in the tension, like how to remain present in this tension um, and trusting God in it. So we've done sort of talking about the saying. Now we're going to be trusting God in the process of resiliency in our redecoration, renovation, whatever you want to call it with our faith. Sounds good. See you next week. All right.